I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Druck, and I'm along with my coworker, Jordan Bianchi. We are writers for The Athletic, and we are sitting here at Talladega Super Speedway together on a Monday evening where we have just witnessed Bubba Wallace's first career victory in the NASCAR Cup Series. Quite the uh, unexpected weekend with Three first-time winners. Um, The first time in NASCAR history that there's been three uh, first-time winners at the same track in the same weekend. So how about that, Jordan? (laughs) It's crazy. Uh, A lot of craziness this weekend. A crazy race. Uh, You say Monday, and I keep thinking it's Sunday because I'm losing sight of where we're at or what time it is. Um, It was was quite the race today, and I mean, it's not – it's fair to say this is a historic, historic win for a lot of reasons. Yeah. So this is one of those where, um, you know, we, we just finished writing our story just to set the scene here. And we kind of like when we came into this little room here where we're doing our um, podcast, we started looking at the results a little bit and we're like, oh, that guy finished there. <laughs> like, oh, um, this is what the points are. Because, you know, you get so caught up in the post race scene. And of yeah. course, when, you know, it looked like Bubba Wallace is going to get a historic. Uh, victory, the first uh, black driver since 1963 to win a Cup Series race. We're like, well, we need we need to go out and capture the scene. Yeah. So you sort of lose track of the bigger picture of everything. And so we're we're going to be digesting this everything that happened <laughs> real along time. with you guys in real time. Yeah, because we really are just sort of still like, whoa, that happened or this happened. Um, so let's unpack it, as they say, <laughs> Jordan. Um, first of all, I guess let's let's just start with what, what's the significance here? Because I mean, of all places. Uh, obviously, this is where Bubba Wallace, yeah. you know, came into the the firestorm last year. Not with, by his choice either. And I no, think not that, by I his think, choice. Yeah. I think that gets lost a lot, where people feel like we we touch on this in the story that you'll see on theathletic.com, where it feels like Bubba inserted himself in this conversation. He he didn't insert himself. He, something happened here last year that was weird circumstances, or you know, whatever you want to call it, not of his doing, and. From the fallout of that, he's been unfairly had a finger pointed at him by a lot of people, un, you know, unjustifiably so. And he's had to deal with that backlash, and he's still dealing with that backlash. You hear it all the time at every racetrack, just about loud boos, loud, unmistakable boos. And these are boos that are different than a Kyle Busch boos. People are booing Kyle Busch for his aggressive behavior and his remarks, and Kyle plays that role to some degree. They are booing Kyle. They are booing Bubba Wallace because of the color of his skin, and and. and yeah. Well, partly. I think I think that a lot of fans, from what I understand, you, there's definitely that element of it. But what I think a lot of fans' anger um, comes from, they feel like he he went on TV and he said, um, you know, NASCAR fans are racist, kind of thing. And um, you know, I think that is true to a degree with some element of NASCAR fans, but not all NASCAR fans. And so. 
Um, but that was in the midst of everybody thinking that this was an actual hate crime mm-hmm. incident, right? And 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 calling for the Confederate flag to be banned and all the stuff and that came with that. And then when it turned out that this the rope thing had been there um, the whole time, all along since you know the year before, and it wasn't a hate crime directed at him, even though NASCAR and the FBI, you know, were concerned yeah. enough to think that it was. Once they investigated, it, found it wasn't. Again, he wasn't the one out there reporting it, but he got. You know, the, the Jesse guess, Smollett yeah. thing, you know, the, the fake news thing. He got swept up into the firestorm of the national conversation. You know, the president was angry tweeting about him, all this kind of stuff last year. I mean, you you guys all listening to this know all this stuff. But the point is, you know, you come back here to Talladega of all places where this all happened. And then that is the scene of where he gets his first win. I mean, that is a sort of a striking balance there, you know? <laughs> it is. And it's we've talked about this. If you go back to podcasts, I think even before the year, we talked about if Bubba Wallace was going to win a race this year, it felt like his best opportunity was probably going to be in a speedway race. And that meant one of two places, Daytona or here at Talladega. And he's come close a couple times. He won a stage earlier this year at Talladega. He finished second in the, uh, the summer race at Daytona. He has he's been in these moments, and as the race was unfolding today, and he was in contention throughout, but really at the end he put together a charge coming up through the front. It, it, I, I looked at you at one point, and I was like, "This." It just felt like circumstances were coming together with the rain. You knew it was going to rain in a minute, and then he took the lead. And I think we I think it needs to be said too. Bubba did a really really good job of one driving up through the field. And and on seating, I think it was Kurt Busch he passed for the lead late. Or was it Martin? It, it, all everything's a blur. But take him taking the lead at the end was really good. It was impressive. And then he did a really good job of defending that position from Logano and Brad Keselowski, two ace super speedway drivers. And Logano was step for step, or Wallace was step for step with them throughout. That was impressive, and that that needs to be said in this. That what a good job of driving he did. So yeah, I mean, obviously, look, they haven't had the season that you know, they wanted or, or many people expected, right? Sure. I mean, um, our baseline was, okay, what did Levine Family Racing do last year with sort of like the, the, as the fifth car? And this we expected this would be even better. 2311 would be better than Levine because they would have more resources than the 95 car. And that, uh, I believe, was 20th in points. So um, Bubba Wallace right now even is 21st in points. Um, his average finish is 18.8. He missed the playoffs. You know, it hasn't been the year they wanted. Um, but he's able to put himself in position today. Like you said, it was obvious to that point. It wasn't not obvious earlier in the race with like those little showers popping up because the way, like the skies would kind of darken and you'd, you'd look at the radar and, you, and you'd even hear the radio chatter and the teams are going, okay, this one looks like it might skim us. Or like there was that one where it got turned one and two wet. Yep. But the know? sun was out really quick and, and it most was, of the it track was wasn't wet. Yeah. Right. And it was like, okay, this is coming back to green here real right. soon. Exactly. But this time, this this one wasn't on this shower that ended. It was not originally on the radar, and it was one of these ones because I I had my thing yeah. going, and it said it. This one like wasn't one of these things that kind of swept toward the track. It popped up near the track, and it started growing, 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 um, and you knew like it 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 looked heavy enough, and it was spreading toward the track. And everybody, the teams all yeah, knew. Like, that was when the team started talking about it. I, and I think it was Kyle Busch's radio. They told him it was a mile and a half out. And it was like it was like a light, a, a switch had got flipped. And everybody knew, like, it is going to rain. It is going to rain soon. And with the time of the day and the amount of rain it was probably ex- expected, that was it. I mean, it was obvious. Yes. And they were, like, telling them even. Like, I think at the, there was one point where it was, like, you know, nine, ten laps left in the stage, in stage two. 
and they're like it this stage will the rain's going to get here before yeah. the end of the stage like go 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 race yeah they told kyle bush that yeah and so bubba wallace knew that everybody knew that they were and they were racing their butts off i mean it was a great it felt like it was the end of the race and they were racing that way and and sure enough it was because um as soon as there was a wreck inevitable <laughs> i mean inevitable there's going to be a wreck in that situation the way everybody's pushing and then the rain came and then you know they're just not going to be able to get the race restarted so um, you know, and I think at that point, I, I'm really glad though, Jordan, that NASCAR tried, um, to drive the track one more time because, you know, they're standing on pit road. And I think, you know, you even heard some radio, ch- uh, chatter of like, oh, the, the 23 is winning. I'd say this is it for this race. You know, you, you heard some teams, you know, with the whole, it was, it's, just, you heard the same stuff about Dale Jr. Back in the day, you know, like, uh, you know, the 88s in the lead, he'll probably, they'll probably just call it or something. Yeah. But, you know, and, and Wallace is standing down there at, at the end of pit road. And, and all of a sudden you hear the jet dryers fire back up because the rain. It subsided. It, it's, yeah. it stopped at one. It, it slowed down and that kind of picked up and then it stopped. And I, like you, I thought, okay, but the, also we had a lightning strike mm-hmm. and that was like, okay, lightning strike per NASCAR rules. It's 30 minutes. And at that point you're looking at the clock on, yeah, but they were keeping. They told they, the they judge drivers to keep going. They did the lightning, but it was still it was iffy. Like I, there yeah. was a part of me like, okay, I think we're gonna get back here, and it kind of it kind of went ebbed and flowed. Like I think we're gonna go back. Oh no, we're not. Well, let's let's talk about NASCAR's thinking there because we both separately talked to Steve O'Donnell. We ran into yep. him after the race, and we both had it sounds like we compared notes, had similar conversations. He was basically saying what what they thought was was obviously we all learned from the Xfinity race that yeah, you know, sunset. <laughs> Maybe six thirty technically here, six twenty five. But there are clouds. <laughs> clouds make it a lot darker, a lot quicker. And so they were thinking, okay, even if we can dry this track, we might have forty five minutes more of racing, which they were tr- they were going to try to do. Yeah. Um, and it was going to be real iffy, you know. But that that they thought, hey, we can we, we can, can do, do something. That's here. what they were talking about in the in the in the scoring tower. Um, but then once the drops started again, and heavy drops and it was clear that it was going to be wet all over again and they had lost whatever even minor progress had been made. And it was much heavier than it had been too. Like yeah. these were heavy. And then it, a few minutes later, after they declared walls, the winner, oh, it, down, it, it, yeah, it was it a was downpour. Really there down, was no, yeah. the right call was made across the board. They, they, they gave it an effort. They could have never gone back. Never. Never gone back to green. I mean, it, there's it was, no way. No, no. It, if they had lights, sure. And, it's a different and, story. Well, maybe. I mean, <laughs> well, I don't think it's raining currently i mean if you want to stay here till 10 p.m 1 a.m or something i, I thought nascar handled it really well they did everything they could to get the race back to green and it just circumstances would and not I, allow i feel it. like that's but i feel like that's important it is it is very important because to say the conspiracy theorists yes. others are which i don't want to give any credence to them but they but you ha- know that's going to be out there and, and it and still it, will be yeah regardless you know oh they gave the race to him they called the race so he could win that kind of thing it's especially for non-nascar fans but being here, seeing the rain, seeing the circumstances, you know, I, I was just sort of relieved that like, okay, NASCAR is not just going to be like, okay, oh, race over. That's it. Yeah. Because uh, we've seen that situations too, where they they're, call, they're they quick, quick quicker, to call, yep. especially on a delay, especially on a, the next day when it rained. They're like, oh, let's just, we've been here. We tried it. Let's right. get the hell every, everybody out of here. We're going to go home. And we, I don't know how long we sat in pit road for. I have to go back and look. Was it an hour? Enough for me to get soaked. Oh my gosh. I had an umbrella. I don't know what your problem was. I, I just ran out with my rain jacket, but <laughs> it soaked through my rain jacket. But yeah, you're, you're waiting there for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And 
you know, once Bubba Wallace heard the jet dryers fire up, he's like, well, you know, he, he walked down to his pit stall. We got a whole story on that part, the whole scene and all the after stuff. Uh, if you want to read that on the athletic 50% off or good stuff. This is a, for, Jeff uh, and I teaming up. Good, good, uh, good journalism here. Two more, two more weeks. The athletic.com slash the teardown, get our 50% off offer. It was cool. It, it but, was a, it was um, an interesting scene. I don't want to give away the story too much, but it was, well, it was, it, I mean, it's not giving away the story. It's just the behind the scenes of what, yeah, it was interesting stuff, to see the reaction, though, and we get into that a little bit. But it was, it was far more supportive than I thought. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What What do you think this means um, for Boy, in, in, <laughs> in, a, in a in a bigger picture for Bubba Wallace's uh, career now? Because I think, like I was documenting, it's been a disappointing season. But if you if we sat there in February, and I know Michael Jordan, I think. Um, in, the, in that pre-race <laughs> interview for the Daytona 500 on Fox, I think he said he wanted two or three wins or something, right? Yeah. But if you said at that time in February, you guys, 2311 in its first year of existence with Bubba Wallace, you'll win a race this year. Mm-hmm. I feel like they, pro- yeah, they would like to make the playoffs, but they probably would have taken that. Yeah. So does what does this mean? I think this shows to me that uh, what was going to constitute a successful season was a team that was inevitably going to have growing pains. And then as the year went along, especially as summer turned into fall, started to find its feet a little bit and had a little bit more consistency. They haven't quite done that yet. Um, They made a crew chief change. Mike Wheeler's now kind of just focusing on the competition side and overseeing the organization. Booty Barker came in and he's kind of the crew chief temporarily, but presumably he's probably going to be there after this maybe you know in this in this role full time we'll see um i think this helps a lot it alleviates a lot of the pressure i mean and granted yes it came in a rain delayed race but i I think you're getting too caught up in this but it shows like hey you know what uh we do have the ability to win a race and and make good decisions and we have a driver who in a pressure pack situation where everybody's helter skelter in the final laps and with rain coming knows how to make the right moves to win a race that that's important and it puts them in a position to say hey we, we have not just we potentially have we have the potential to win we can win we've proven that now now there's a lot further to go and they need to work on some things but i think at the end of the day if they can continue to, to grow from this and find some consistency and start putting together solid runs i, I think at the, end of the, at the end of the year you have to look back and say this was a successful season yeah, they got that first win out of the way. That checks a box for sure. Um, now, you know, they're going to have Kurt Busch coming on board. You know, you kind of reset for next year. I think there's a lot of pluses there. Booty Barker, and too, I mean, I think that's that's really significant that, I mean, I think his he was 0 for 483 yeah. in his career. Um, that's huge. I mean, you know, he's worked uh, his first career year as a, as a Cup Series crew chief was 2003 with Dave Blaney. I mean, Dave Blaney... Um, Mike Bliss, Jeff Green, Johnny Sauter, Scott Riggs, Michael Waltrip, Max Pappas, Casey Mears, Ty Dillon. He's worked with all these guys. Yeah. You know, he's really been around a long time. And, you know, to get that, for, that's got to be really cool. I mean, so it kind of injects, uh, I think, everybody in that organization with a positive feeling going into um, the next season. And, you know, maybe maybe that's something you can build on. Uh, of course, we don't know what how the next gen car will will affect that. But I mean, I think it's, I think there is a lot of positives there. Um, 
Yeah, and I think for the sponsors, this was big. I mean, it was like you have a result, you can take your sponsors and say, hey, look, and this is the, we got in victory lane, you know, and on a big stage, we did it, and it gives them comp- – And look what happens when yes. we do this. He's live on SportsCenter. He's leading the nightly news. He's like, look what happens when we yeah. put ourselves in this position. Do you want to be a part of this? Yeah, and it's just it, – it, this was the building block this team absolutely needed to, to show that they could take that next step and to, to go back to their sponsors because – you're, next year, win or lose, I, I mean, this changes a little bit, but really next year is shaping up, was shaping up, still is to some degree, is a huge year for the 23 team and Bubba Wallace and the future of that team and where, because contracts are coming up for renewal and if they have it, they don't have a, they don't perform next year, you, you start to question some things. I think you would have said that till today because now this buys a lot of yeah, time. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is I yeah. think this buys a lot of time is now you can go to your partners and say, listen. We we did it, you know. We 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 got we got a win. We we proved we could do it, and look at like you said, the, all the, the media exposure we're going to get from this, and this answers some questions. Yeah, and wh- what about for NASCAR? I mean, we always said, man, you know, if Danica Patrick ever wins a race, it's going to be huge for NASCAR, bringing a lot of female fans because they'll say, oh, look, she can win, we can root for her. Um, I think after the Bubba Wallace Daytona 500, where he came close, mm-hmm. you know, people thought that seemed to energize a lot of people. Right now. We are sitting here with such a micro view. We're in this bubble. We haven't even hardly checked social media yet. We don't know what the national reaction is. So I can't tell you how big it is or how big, you know, it's going to get treated or if it blows up beyond the NASCAR sphere. But does this do anything for NASCAR um, as a sport? Does this bring in new fans now that he's won a race and they say, look, he can win? I, I do. And, the, and just from talking to, to people, I, and I talked to a father today and his son is a, his kids, both his, his, his son and his daughter are Bubba Wallace fans. And they are, they're wearing Bubba Wallace t-shirts. They're fans of him. They want to see him do well. And, um, this inspires them and says, you know, you can, if you, it doesn't matter the color of your skin, it doesn't matter if you're what gender, who, you know, boy, girl, man, woman, you can do this. And I think that's important. And I think in the moment, now I think it's a huge deal, and you know, just being on the nightly news and all the media attention that's going to come—that that is that is, this is a huge win for NASCAR in the short term. Big picture, if Bubba can find footing and find continue to have sustained success, that's big because then you have what I think is going to be the a, a potential face of NASCAR. Um, we've had this conversation. I've had a lot of this conversation with a lot of uh, people in the industry. Is who is that next? driver who is the face who you're going to see on the tonight show uh doing all these media appearances and that's not chase elliott i mean i know he's nascar's most popular driver but that's not something that chase is comfortable doing it's not something i don't think he really wants to do but you have to have that mix of name brand but you also have to have the the, the track record to back it up and otherwise you become danica in in a lot of respects and you say, wait a second, it's all hype and no substance. If Bubba can continue to have success and has that name recognition, that's something that NASCAR doesn't have that he could give them. And that is, I, I don't know how you gauge that, but that is huge. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how far this goes as far as like, will we see him on, you know, some of the comedy shows or something this week, like the late night talk shows or um, you know, where, where, where will we see him next? Where, where will appearances be like how, who will want him to be on their show or, or part of their broadcast or things like that? Um, these interviews or, you know, national outlets, it'd be fascinating to sort of watch. Cause you always say, Oh man, it'd be big if this happened. Let's see how big, you know, and it's not the Daytona 500, but the fact that he won a race 
And there's so many of these elements to Tau Dega in particular, like we talked about. I mean, of all places, really. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's a so weird, weird. It's a weird, weird uh, confluence of circumstances. Like, it's just everything coming together here. Yeah. And just, his home, the state where he was born. I mean, I know he's more of like Tennessee but he's, type guy. Born but, in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's part of it. You have to recognize that. And he's got hometown fans here. I mean, and yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's funny how these things happen. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the Penske, two of the best Penske cars were right behind him. Um, Keselowski, I mean, he did great to fend off Keselowski and Logano. They had good points days. They did. They needed him too. I mean, another, gosh, Keselowski is having those type of playoffs where he just continually doesn't really have the speed, but he keeps putting himself in good position, maximizing his day. Um, he's fourth in points, tied for fourth in points. Um, he's got a nice, decent cushion going into the Roval. He's plus 20. Now, um, Logano, who you could say was in the same boat, you know, kind of lack speed at times. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Plus 21. Ahead of them, shockingly, <laughs> based on what happened early in the race, the, the, the one playoff driver looked, that looked like he was going to have the most trouble today, Kyle Larson getting in that early wreck. He's second in points, plus 22. He's in the, the yeah. aside from Denny Hamlin, the second best position going into the Roval. Now, nobody's safe because even plus 22 is not much of a margin. But Larson, I mean, his bonus points have saved him. They have, and it was a big day. And, you know, we talked about drivers who wanted to see this race go to the finish. Kyle Larson is one of those because they had fixed that car to some degree. He stays out of the rest of the trouble. Presumably, you're going to have more accidents, and probably those are going to collect some playoff drivers. So he was in a position to kind of even pat himself even more. And at one point, when he first got into that wreck with Justin Allgaier, he was only plus 12 at one point. And it looked like, okay, oh, this is, you know, 12 points going into the roll. Well, now, great road course racer. That should be a track where he's going to have success. But that is not – you don't want to be in that spot. And I think you have to feel pretty good if you're him now going into a road course race where he's won twice this year, has to feel good about this. I, I think he's going to be okay. I thought going into this race, you looked at the Penske drivers, Blaney was in a pretty good spot, but it felt like one of Logano or Keselowski was just kind of teetering and one of them was going to be you know, be among the four dropped. Now you look at it and you're like, wait a second, now Penske's probably maybe has a chance to get all three moving forward depending on next week. And again, for the second straight round, Hendrick drivers, William Byron and Alex Bowman on the wrong side. And then this time, unlike last round, their path is, I mean, it's must win. Yeah, so let's run down the rest of them here. So um, Truex is, is basically tied with Kozlowski for fourth in points, plus 20. Blaney is plus 15. Chase Elliott only plus 9. Kyle Busch only plus 9. Then you have Harvick, minus 9. Christopher Bell, despite having a good day, um, he he had a fifth-place finish. Um, Blood a lot of this race. He was he was in good shape. Hamlin kept pushing him out to Great the lead. Great job by Hamlin today being a wingman. Um, but yeah, Bell is is uh, minus twenty eight, and Harvick, by the way, too. I mean, despite being you know he's minus nine, but um, he finished eighth, so it's not like he had a bad no, day but or something. He was up there. For yeah, I was going to say he's somebody too that might have wanted to see this race continue because he had a really good chance to win, and he just kind of got shuffled out there at the end. And then, like you said, Byron and Bowman. I mean, look, Byron probably would have been. I mean, I don't know if he would have been okay. He still would have been below the cut line, but he would have been in much better shape had not been for that last uh, incident. Um, he ends up finishing 36 yeah. and uh, really crushing to him. Obviously, Bowman 
also got wrecked. Um, and so uh, Byron's 44 points out. Bowman is 52 points out. Really, I mean, I don't know if mathematically impossible, but pretty much you're going to have to win. They're you're going to have to win. win. I mean, and I think at this point, even if one of them wins, the other one is probably going home. So. And they were in the same situation going to Bristol, except – they were closer. They were you know? much, much closer. Yeah. And they and escaped. It's just not going to work out this time. It's I, just not I, their. I say, I say, it's not their year. But it's Hendrick. I mean, it's it's kind of shocking because um, this is really going to change how I think the third round is viewed. And I know we're jumping ahead past the Roval, but you know Hendrick being so good on five fifty tracks, and they would have been good last week at Las Vegas had their pit strategy worked out differently, or had Byron not gotten the flat tires and all that stuff at the end. They almost they. Kind of saved themselves. They from salvaged it but, it, but it could have been a lot better than it had been. Right. Larson probably would have won maybe or something like that. But anyway, you know, third round has Kansas and Texas. And had Byron and Bowman survived, you know, I talked to Byron on uh, Saturday, Sunday morning, you know, during the media bullpen. He's like, if we can get there, we really feel good. I feel really good about Texas. Well, now he's likely not going to be in the playoffs still. So he can win Texas, but it will have no effect on the playoff picture it won't lock in a spot it won't take away a spot on points if that happens so it's just uh it's really interesting how this is changing it is and, and jumping ahead around is and i always say this is martinsville to me is the race like if you can go there and win at martinsville it doesn't matter what you do at kansas or texas but hypothetically if all three penske drivers go forward which i didn't think that was going to happen i thought at least one of them was going to be out right. yeah we need to make it making a point keselowski logano are really good at Martinsville. They're frequently in contention. And Blaney's really good there, too. He's never won there, but he's been fast there. So now there's that additional driver who's going to go to Martinsville with a realistic shot to win this race. So you've got a Hamlin. You've got a Truex. You've got the three Penske guys. That's five drivers right there who go into that race thinking they can win it. That's 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 going to be a dogfight. Well, the Roval's going to be fascinating in the sense that, like Bell, for instance, right? Yeah. He won the Daytona road course. He's won on a Roval type. Only non-Hendrick driver to win on a road course this year, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, what Chase won at Circuit Americas and Road America. Larson won at Sonoma, Watkins Glen. So I don't think I'm missing anything. I think that's I it. I yeah. can't remember off the top of my head. But, um, you know, you could have a Bell. I mean, Bell could jump up and knock someone out. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chase Elliott, shockingly, despite how fast he's been this year, is not safe. Kyle Busch. Has really he coming into today? He felt pretty good about his position and he's sort of having like a nice quiet playoffs. And he said maybe we're like the third best car or something. He's very much in jeopardy. I mean, the Roval. I mean, you could have a nice clean day and they could get strung out, but it could also be chaos going into turn one there. And uh, there's there's there, we could see some really big names, several big names gone. Um, after next week. Potentially. So. I mean, it, it is a one of those wild card-esque tracks where swings happen and you can put yourself in a position to have a really big day, but you can also be a victim of circumstance where you're leaving there with a really bad day. It's kind of weird too because um, Kyle Busch did get uh, some damage today. Um, he's briefly thought he was the only yellow spoiler car in <laughs> yeah. that wreck, but then... Um, Truex got damage in that too then. Yep. Truex ended up finishing 12th. Kyle Busch finished 27th but the problem is the problem uh i don't know if it's a problem for these guys but with the race being shortened or um the incidents that happened they were multi-car crashes but they weren't a big one so um you had 31 cars finish on the lead lap uh at talladega today and so like a chase elliott who i don't think i know he had to pit again at one point or or chose to pit again at one point 
a second time during one round of pit stops. And I don't, I don't think it was for topping off, but um, he ends up finishing 18th just ahead of Quinn Hauf. And you would say, oh, well, what happened to him? But nothing. No. Nothing happened to him. They just He just didn't have the position, I don't think, unless I missed something. He just didn't have the position at the end um, on that last run or, or just got shuffled out or something. And when you have 31 cars finishing on the lead lap, you know, it's a, it's a different Talladega than normal. It's a different super speedway type race. So kind of a weird one um, to go out as the final one of this generation of car. A little bit, are you a little bit sad about that at all? I mean, this was, no. really. Why would I be sad? Well, I think this was a really great era of super speedway racing. And this closes the, the book on it. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this package um, in general, I mean, I know they made some tweaks to it, but it, I mean, we're, we're talking about, two and three wide almost the entire day today. You had at one point had like a single file line of maybe like 12 cars and it lasted two laps and they bunched back up. And that's really been the case for most uh, of the last few years of the of these super speedway races. Um, you haven't had a lot of single file racing. You haven't had a lot of just train racing. It's been really competitive packing, pack racing for the most part. And that's gone. I mean, we don't know what the new car will do, but this package, it's the end of an era. It was a very safe car. No one got killed. That 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 needs to be straight. It was an incredibly safe car, and the safety made it, You know, we NASCAR made it through all these um, super speedway races from 2007. I mean, this is basically the COT chassis, yeah, just with a different body. So Gen Five slash Gen Six, right? And that car, through all this time, um, I mean, no, really, no major terrible injuries. Kyle Busch's was um, not in a COT car. He was in the Xfinity car. Ryan Newman probably should have died. Yeah. And this car may have saved his life. So, um, and it's, you know, we don't know how the new car is going to be yet. No, we don't. I'm not going to get emotional over the car. I mean, I'm not going to shut a tear or anything. It was it's, no it, sentimentality, huh? Have you not known me? You know me enough to know that I'm not no, really a I, sentimental I person. Was, uh, you know, like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of miss it. I mean, cause when, when, you know, people on Twitter post these old videos now of like, Oh man, you know, here's this race from 06, you know, at Texas or something like that. And you're like, wow, those are some, actually some good racing. I don't know if we appreciate it at the time, but there was some, they were like wheeling those cars. They were loose and wow. Do you need a hug? No, like, I'm just saying, I'd like to, open a vein? I mean, like, you want to talk about it a little bit more? I am talking about it. You're just staring at me like I'm a, just, I, it's a car. It'll be, it'll be okay. They'll figure it out. They're, they're going to, I mean, even if the new, the, the new car isn't what we think it's going to be at Daytona or Talladega. They're going to tweak it. They're going to massage it. They're going to make adjustments and right. eventually it'll get there. I'm just going to make an item or something like this in one of my top five columns so I can talk to you guys, the <laughs> listeners slash readers about it. Jordan clearly doesn't want to hear it. Um, that's fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll find a, another audience for my, my sentimental uh, woes about the saying goodbye, saying goodbye to an old friend. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what else uh, from the cup race? Do you want to talk about before we talk about um, some of the other wildness that happened this weekend? Not not much. Just really say I think we touched on it all. It's just uh, it's going to be one of those weekends that we'll look back on, and I think we're going to remember where we were. Anthony Alfredo top ten because of that. Is that what you're saying? That because that's what we remember about it. I mean, there's a chance that Anthony Alfredo is not in the series next year. So yeah, I mean, I think we need to make a note of that. And congratulations, Anthony. Oh yikes! It was interesting, by the way. I don't know if this has happened before. Maybe it has. But as you know, um, NASCAR, I, I think they changed it. It was this year they changed the rule. It's been a long year, so I don't know. 
It was for a while since stage racing, it was the end of stage two mm -hmm. that was halfway point. This year it was either halfway or the end of stage two, which whichever comes first. So I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that a race until now in the stage racing era has ended before the end of stage two. And so because of that, the way they stayed, they paid the stage points for stage two yeah. was the top 10 finishers of the race. So that's kind of a, that was kind of an interesting wrinkle from today. I thought that this this race did not see the end of stage two, and I don't think that's happened. I believe you are correct. I don't. I'm, I'm racking my brain, but I don't think that's happened yet before. Because New Hampshire was shortened due to darkness. that was like ten laps at the end. So we had but already, that was yeah. almost at the end. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, somebody else can correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, that's a that's, that's a good the point. First, uh, first race in the stage racing area, <laughs> and and in retrospect, the the change rule saved NASCAR today in some respects because if it if we if it You're right I if mean, it had been if it had been two. in stage two like it had been we're right, we're here tomorrow. Well, yeah, we're here tomorrow because by the time the track got dried, it was too dark, so we're still here until tomorrow at least to run another handful well, of laps. How many laps were left in stage two? Three. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't money yeah so i guess you Ooh, that would have been can you imagine if they had to come back after for at least three laps three laps and by the way the forecast for tomorrow not the best yeah <laughs> actually you know what they would have done they probably would have just they would have they would have just circled them under the caution last, yeah. but that rain, i don't know it, yeah it's, it's interesting well that last oh no that wasn't that rain i was thinking of the, of the rain before where they were like get down to the apron because some of the cars were starting yeah. to slide a little bit but it would have um, been it would have been interesting to see they how they would have run it run out they, the stage they, yeah, under caution. caution. Said, okay, we got halfway game Slow over. Slowed down to like twenty miles an hour and yeah, yeah. And then there probably would have been even more angry people or that, whatever. And that would have opened up the box where people would have blamed NASCAR and trying to, to rig a race and everything else. Glad again that we don't have to worry about that. I mean, it was taken out of NASCAR's hands, which no. I think is what they wanted. Absolutely. NASCAR you had know? no say in the outcome of this race. It was decided on the racetrack. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, when you when they can look at themselves and go, hey, there's nothing we can do. We didn't have to make a subjective call due to darkness, like with Xfinity no. or something like that. Nope. So, yeah. So let's talk about uh, the other, the, uh, well, do you want to do the, what is, was it a good race poll first before we move on to trucks and xfinity or you want to save it for the end let's save it for the end save it for the end i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a 
happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. All right. Trucks and Xfinity. Um, same day, double header, yep. two different winners. Um, man, you know, the truck race was total chaos. Yeah. Tate Fogelman ends up winning it. Now, it, from the angle I was watching from the press box, I first thought, oh, Tate Fogelman intentionally wrecked John Hunter Nemechek. Yeah, you were very win. adamant about that. I was like, oh, yeah, I know. Jeez. And we hadn't seen a replay yet. When I saw the replay, I softened on it to the point where I thought it was more of a racing deal. I thought he do, he shouldn't get penalized for that. Now, I still felt like some people were disagreeing. Where how did you how did you see that incident? I took my cues at first I didn't have an issue with it. At first watch, I was like, okay, we'll see. I took my cues from John Hernemichek or John Hernemichek though. And I wanted to see what his stance on it was, and he didn't have an issue with it. He At first, on Twitter later, he did. I missed that. Okay. So what did he say on Twitter? Well, let's pull up the tweet. I believe he said... Because um, now you're making me change my opinion. Oh, oh, okay. Because I agree with you because at first... Yeah, at first said, like, it was a racing Oh, you know, incident. he's kind of cool with it and he just he was blaming himself. And I do think, and I've, I've preached this before, like, and I'm kind of going against this. Is like I've always been said, like, you know, I want black or white rules. But in this instance, I do kind of want a little bit of leeway. Like, if you get two, two tires below the line, I'm like, eh, I'm fine with it. Um, so I, I didn't have an, in, an issue with it because this is what you kind of expect in these kind of races. What did he say? He said, um, not much you can do when you get hooked in the left rear for the win, dot, dot, dot. And then he had, uh, oh, no, that he then he started talking about the Xfinity race because he ran both. But, yeah, so that was his, yeah. he, he got hooked. I thought I thought they just kind of came together. And I think, I think it's a racing incident. But, I think anyway in that situation probably would have done the same thing. So then um, Brandon Brown wins. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> the chant uh, was so I hear. Yeah, well, maybe uh, not quite that. So I, I I am writing about this in the top five, and I did talk to Brandon Brown. Um, you can read a bit more about it, but I will just say that um, he told me that he thinks there's no way. For, for those of you who don't know, uh, I don't know how you would have missed the story, but the fans chanting at the finish line for Brandon Brown, um, they were chanting "F you Biden," except they were actually language please saying Jeff. It. well i'm yeah, i know there's kids that listen to this so um but it was going off over yeah. the broadcast kelly stavis says they're chanting let's go brandon brandon brown said okay i did not have a headset on like kelly stavis did and i couldn't make out i i just thought oh they're cheering you know they're chanting something i couldn't make what they're chanting at first and he said when he paused and he was talking in the interview he heard what they were saying and he knows that's a that's becoming like a college football chant commonplace yeah. uh, especially across the south it's it's spreading more and he thought oh it's just spreading nascar now and he just tried to keep going but he said he said he felt he feels really bad for kelly stavis because she's being held up you know as fake yeah. news and she's trying to manipulate the thing i highly i have not talked to her but i highly doubt highly highly doubt that she heard what she probably heard chanting and she's like oh they're saying let's go brandon yeah, i think context is important she's got a headset on she's trying to form a question. All this is happening in, in seconds. She's got probably a producer in her ear saying, you know, this, this, and this. Maybe she, I, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. She probably wasn't able to make it out. She probably wasn't focusing on well, it. Well, like I'm saying, Brandon Brown himself yeah. says he could not make it out at first and he did not have a headset on. He said it was hard to tell. So um, anyway, but so it's unfortunate. I feel bad for him as well that, this is the greatest moment of his life. It's something he's worked a long time for. 
you know, it's like, wow, are they even going to be able to keep going as a race team and all this stuff? And he gets this win that's so satisfying for him and his dad, such a wonderful moment. Um, and he's so happy. And then it sort of gets, um, you know, just elevated into the conversation that he, I mean, who would have thought, Hey, Brandon Brown wins an Xfinity race. And it's like the subject of like a fake news, you know, uh, media firestorm type thing. Like, how does this stuff happen? But anyway, um, the world we live in, unfortunately, it's a cool, it's a cool for him though. I mean, it was great. Thing. It was a, such a great story with the story with his dad and the moment they shared and the elation. I mean, listening to it on the radio of him just screaming, you know, this pure joy. It's awesome. I mean, that's, well, you love those moments and that's what makes this what we do great and to see that is awesome and i echo your comments it, it's unfortunate he's getting wrapped up in something that he had nothing to do with not you know and hopefully this will all be forgotten in a few days and they can go back to enjoying it and, and just appreciating it because it's, it's a tremendous win for a really small team that at one point this year we're on the brink how do you bottle the enthusiasm of first-time winners brandon brown and bubba wallace they're so excited. Like they're just freaking over the top excited. Just cannot stop yeah. being so happy about it. How do you bottle that and transfer it to the guys who have won 20 or 30 races? Because to me, when you see someone that happy about something, you're like, man, this is cool. Like this is, this is worth watching the emotional investment. Like they should be happy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Tom Brady, as many wins games as he's won now, he still gets super, super, super pumped up. Right. Um, so I don't know, like how, how do you, how do you, how can you translate that? I don't think you can. I, I don't know. I mean, it just wears off. It's just some of the, some of the wins after a while, they kind of blend together for lack of a better term. And there's obviously the, the big wins when you win Daytona or Darlington or the championship that are going to resonate and mean more, but just a, a race during the regular season, it, it's, I think it's easy to kind of the it, you enjoy it, you appreciate it, but I think the 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 pure unbridled enthusiasm of winning just kind of you know is kind of lost. Yeah, no, I know. I I don't think there's. I don't have an answer. I was just wondering if maybe you did just because I I it's just uh, it's a good question. It's I think it's a great question. I think it's something you have to ask a driver who's won thirty forty races and be like. How do you, why is the emotion of winning race 38 not the same as winning race one? But I will say, I will say that be, the set, the fact that it's a, a breath of fresh air and it doesn't happen all the time Yes. for a fan who, you know, you, let's face it, you watch a lot of these races and you're like, eh, you know, Larson's probably going to win again today or, you know, Gibbs driver's going to win and they win and you're like, all right. You know, and sometimes there's a an underdog that gets up there, and you're like, "Oh, is this underdog going to win? That'd be a cool story." And they it doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, but when it does, that payoff feels that much more special because you're like, "Man, I've invested all this time watching NASCAR every week." You know what I mean? Like I'm at, sitting on my couch at home, I'm watching over and over again, and these big guys keep winning. And when somebody unexpected wins, it's just it's kind of like one of the best feelings I think as a fan watching. I'm assuming like just because you feel like wow like that's finally even if it's not your guy like it's something different it's something new something fresh yeah and i think that's the criticism with nascar is it feels like it's the same three four organizations that win all of the races and they just kind of rotate guys around you know the wins around among their drivers and it 
you kind of lose sight of it a little bit. But when you see what we saw this weekend, are you seeing AJ Allmendinger win, you know, at the Brickyard with Colleague Racing, and that's their first Cup win, and AJ second? You 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 see what it means and how difficult it is. Yeah. Well. It's uh, it's kind of tough because I mean, you, there's not a lot of evidence to say anything different about the. I mean, you look who's in the, even in the top twelve left in the playoffs. It's um, all Gibbs, all Hendrick, all Penske plus Harvick. Yeah, who's the other fourth big team? Yeah, but you know, and and he's on the brink of elimination, perhaps. So, yeah. You know, when this happens sort of every year, you're just kind of like, oh. But that's but, it. Feels like we've been that way for the last. Yeah, yeah. But I guess I, I'm just saying that. To have a weekend like this with three new winners, and just like, wow, that's and yeah, it's Talladega, but it's still it's still kind of cool. It's you know? still it's a big weekend, and I think this is a spotlight. Talladega synonymous with NASCAR. I mean, this was going to be a race on big NBC if the race hadn't been postponed, and people look at this as a, 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 it's not a major per se, but it is a that next tier of a of a race win. Um, we debated this in the car, and I think I'm going to possibly do something in my top five column about it. We don't have to. Go too far into it if you want, but I, I wish we were recording our conversation about this in the car we shared a rental car this weekend. Um, that was fun. <laughs> you say sarcastically. Yeah. Um, so listen. You don't use a blinker when you drive, by the way. I do. No, you don't. You use, it's like half the time. Half the time? You use like, you'd barely use a blinker. Well, are you talking about on the highway or just on the regular street? On the streets, on the highways. I mean, it's just it's like that's, an optional that's a false accusation. It's not a false accusation. Anyway, it's just I just have questions about your driving. That's all. Hmm. All right, interesting. I'll try to pay attention to that. <laughs> Watch me just take, start taking. I should take notes all week. Oh, I should have done that this weekend. I should have just taken notes, observations of life on the road with Jeff. We're not renting a car together ever again. This is. <laughs> I'm already regretting this. Um, so listen, I, I, we were driving out of the track yesterday uh, after, after uh, they called Sunday. I'm talking about yesterday means nothing if you're listening to this on a Wednesday. Um, Sunday after they called the race, they called the race on Sunday because it was they were not going to have enough time to get. They did not want to start the race without getting the full distance in. They didn't have enough of a window, so they said, due to the lack of time we have left, the sunset is early here. There's no lights. Um, and they, you know, unfortunately there had been a rain delay. Um, they felt like they, they, even if they drive the track, they couldn't get enough of a, you know, they might've been able to get a two hour race in because they, they had had a shower come, they had dried it. They, the cars were on the track, a shower comes through. I, I don't think it would have taken another two hours to drive the track, maybe another 40 minutes, an hour. They, they could have gotten a short race. In. Well, the question I had though about this though, is it rained as we were going to Birmingham, it rained again. So was that rain coming? Did it end up coming back through Talladega? I don't know, but for argument's sake, let's assume that there was that wasn't their stated reason. Their stated reason was we do not want to start the yeah. race without the intention of being able to finish it today. So my question is, should NASCAR consider a change in policy that allows them to run a short race on the day on the scheduled day? Because there was a lot of people who did not come back today. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who had to either eat their tickets or maybe if they did come back, they had to take a day off work or uh, spend more money on a hotel, spend more money on a rental car, change their flight if they're not from here. And a lot of people come to this race from other states um, that are not driving. So, um, you know, would it would it not be better to at least give them something if possible, um, even it's even if it's a shorter race than to – 
just say, all right, we just don't have enough time to do it today. We're going to come back tomorrow. I like your idea in theory. I don't want to see races decided less than halfway. I will say that I think NASCAR should amend its policy of we're only going to start a race if we believe we can run the full distance. I think it is a good policy to have of if we can get some in today, that is a good thing. We'll get as much in today as we can, and at least we'll give the, the ticket holders who are here, like everyone you said, you know, people who maybe can't come tomorrow, we gave them something. And at least they can leave here with, you know, whether it's 20 laps or 50 laps or 100 laps. At least they can say they saw something on the racetrack. And then if we have to come back tomorrow to finish it, that's great. I just don't want to see races. I don't want to see full points awarded for races that aren't at fifty at that that didn't reach fifty percent. So okay, that's fair. This one, to, this actual race that happened today yep. turned out to be three hundred eleven miles out of the scheduled yep. five hundred. So it didn't really get that much past halfway. If let's just say, if they had felt like, hey, we can run a two hundred mile race on Sunday in the TV window on NBC and give these fans a race. 200 miles. Like, let's just, like they yep. said, we have enough time for it and there is enough of a dry window. Like, the, we're confident the rain has stopped. We're confident we can get this in before sunset. We're telling everybody before the start that we can do it. Do you think people would accept that as opposed to the people that saw nothing? I think people would be happy that they got something. Um, I think it's going to open up a box then of what we always talk about, which is, well, people are going to start, well, do we need longer races? This worked out well. Well, and they came back today. Yeah. And they had a 311 mile race. So the other thing that, that was, and that's on a week day, a weekday where a lot of people couldn't watch on NBCSN. You finally had your breakthrough win of you're trying to make a diversity push. Bubba Wallace's win. Not a lot of people probably are end going to end up having seen it because they were wor at work. I, I tweeted earlier. I said, "Do you guys? I because I, I don't know. I it used to be like when you're at work back in the day, pre-pandemic, certainly pre-streaming." People or, you know, they're at school. They could not watch, right? Yeah. Now, a lot of people work from home because of the pandemic or they stream things on their device, even if they are at work, perhaps. But a lot of people said, no, I am at school. I am at work. I cannot watch. I'm relying on Twitter for updates. I really wish I could watch today. So you've lost a lot of sure. viewers. Um, would it not have been better to just try something yesterday? That That's all my... In no, future, and, I'm not, in and I don't disagree with that. I think that is important. I think it's important to try to get some of the race in on that day. I don't think... And again, it goes back to what I said. NASCAR should get rid of the policy of if we can't run the whole race, we're not going to do it. I think running whatever you can on the day of the race, whether, again, whatever that is, and then coming back the next day, I think is not a bad thing. I don't want to get into the habit, though, of some races are only 30%. And how do you decide stage points then? You know, so do, do you, re like you, you, today. you recalculate? Yeah, so you start recalculating stages. And I just think that is opening up a box. You didn't finish stage two today and no. they awarded stage points. And so, you, so, you, so do you, you know, what happens if it's, you don't finish stage one or do you have to finish stage one? What is the, you know, where? Yeah. I'm what, not saying it should be like F1 at Belgium where they run two laps under caution and say, that was the race. Yeah, Congratulations, I think you everybody. Start That's running your day of the and race. You're going to start having, you're going to have people. But build to, yourself in some flexibility sure. to give the people a race, give the viewers at home a race and the people who were there who made the efforts come and that if day. If you got rid possible. of your policy, you can do that. And, and, and this is, again, this is a very narrow circumstance because it only really applies to tracks with no lights because if there was lights, that argument is a move. Which, which ultimately is what I keep going back to is we've had yeah. this conversation, which is, it's just, it, this, yeah. I'm sorry, this, this, 
to not have lights in this day and age is, and, and I know at it's a playoff track. In a playoff, at a playoff, that's a really good point. At a playoff track, at a track that you, let's be honest, like we talked about, this is Talladega that you put a lot of focus on. And, and it really could have changed the outcome could of have the cha- playoffs. Absolutely. You, so. uh, it is, to me, it's inexcusable. And I know it's expensive. I know it. I get it. But you just you put yourself in a window like on Saturday where, yeah, sunset is at 630, but at 6 o'clock the clouds are rolling in and we can't see. I just You, you put yourself in a really – and if you're going to be beholden to networks and having these start times at later because they started the Xfinity race four. Yeah, but that was because of the the double header. Yeah, again, trucks, but so. you're still if you're going to have the Xfinity race start at four, you, the trucks like ten a.m. Yeah, or I mean you, yeah. you're just you're putting yourself in a window where if anything goes wrong in that Xfinity series race and you've got red flags, which I think we had two, and it's cloudy, you're you're in trouble. So just add some darn lights, please. Well, Jordan, it's time for the Was It a Good Race poll, and we both way overestimated last week. We were both trying to go around 50% for the Las Vegas race. It ended up um, in the 20s and being— Worst race ever? uh, It was like the sixth worst race ever in the poll. Um, Obviously, do I really feel like it deserved that? No, but I think that people took out their frustration um, with the package and just the fact that nothing really happened. It was a boring race and uneventful it just wasn't good and people were just really fed up with it and they were just like i'm just voting no and people made their voices heard and it was the worst race of the year by far um by over like 20 points i i believe Mm. Um, not even close so um this one's going to be real tricky uh because here you have a rain shortened event it was postponed today, so i don't know how many people who were voting actually like got to see the racing the racing for the most part though, was very good racing. It was intense. Um, Like I said, it was two or three wide. Much of the day, um, you had a bunch of different leaders. Um, I mean, for for a shortened race, um, let me see here. Uh, 35 lead changes with 19 different drivers who led a lap today. Super competitive. Yeah, I mean, that's a sign of a good race. But, you know, you didn't get a finish. It's rain-shortened. So I think that's going to hurt it. Um, and then, obviously, Bubba Wallace, probably a lot of fans, the same fans that boo him, um, make him one of the most booed drivers each week, probably don't want to vote yes for a race that he won. So all that said, where are you going to go with this? 65%. 65%. That's really interesting. How, how, how did you come to that conclusion? I literally described that number out of the air. Everything you said about the reasons why people might vote this no – it just, I just said, this sounds like a 65 percenter. I, I am, I, I'll be honest. I am probably the most confused about this one as I have been any all year because there's so many factors that go into it. Um, was it, okay. In my opinion, it was a good race. It didn't get the finish, but it was a good race. Oh, it was a really good I, race. I thought it was competitive. What, what it was. I was entertained. Um, so I'm just going to go with, I guess the faith that, I'm going to have enough faith in people to say, okay, it was a good race regardless of the rain and regardless of the winner, if, even if they don't like him. Um, so I think I'm just going to go a little bit higher than you, than you and just say like 71, but I don't feel good about it at all. I think it could be, I think it could be as low as like 55 or it could be maybe as high as 75, but I think you've got a good shot to win this week. Did you say 65, right? I said 65. And I'm saying 71. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's this is a real weird one. We'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, next week the Roval should be, be interesting. It'll be fun. Um, you will be there, and then the next week Texas to open the next round. Mm-hmm. I will be there, so I won't see you again in person until Martinsville. Are we carpooling. Uh, let's not. I think I'm going to cancel my reservations right now. You can ride with me. I can show you what a good driver is like. I'm going to be definitely not doing that after this conversation. You threw me under the bus. <laughs> I never throw you under the bus on here, Jordan. I always oh, am no, very never. nice to you. No. Oh, yeah. You're always really nice to I'm you. very nice to you. Oh, I'm yeah. very like cordial and respectful. Oh, I don't yeah, never absolutely. Like, make fun of you. Never, ever. Um, I mean, about I couldn't... saying that like Chase Elliott's going to have a Harvick-like year with nine wins or that he's going to win more than Larson or anything like that. I don't say anything like that. wrong about my prediction. It's okay. Um, I don't bring that stuff up at you all. You had 300 cars in the final four. Well, I think you did too. So No, I didn't. No, I didn't. You did. No, I didn't. I had Elliott and Larson, and then I had uh, Truex. This guy has the most revisionist history. I did not have three. I, I did not have Bowman or Byron in my final four. I can tell you that right now. Okay, maybe that's true. Anyway, um, well, listen, everybody – we appreciate you listening as always. And uh, for, you know, we were talking in the car today, like it's kind of actually a little bit intimidating sometimes. I'm glad I didn't think about this till just now, but um, there's like a, there's a lot of people that listen. We we're like picturing like an arena full of like small arena, not a huge arena, <laughs> full of people uh, listening to this. And we're just like, oh, wow, that's, uh, it's got like we're like sitting there talking to you all and you all are listening to this for some reason. Why well, don't even know why you listen to us? Why? I- uh, that's a, why do people listen to I us? have no idea why they listen to us <laughs> I don't listen to us because I can't I don't think we say anything intelligent or you know I don't know what people take away from this I will say though it is really really cool to be at the racetrack and to run into people who listen to this podcast and they have glowing things to say about this podcast about our coverage and I said earlier I'm not most sentimental person in the world and I'm really not but I will say I genuinely appreciate all of the kind words from the support and from listening to this from reading our coverage it means a great deal so thank you i mean it's kind of why we do it well also getting paid i, I do it because it, it's, uh, it's nice to get paid also well, i mean i, I, do I, mean, it I would do it for free well i would like to also eat be able to eat and have a roof over my head but i probably would do it for free if i could afford to do it for free but it's nice to get paid and have you guys say nice things so stay, thank you so much it's all always about the money with you <laughs> Jeez. Wow. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I mean, would you do your job for free? I love my job. Well, can you afford to do it for free? I don't know. I mean, Mary Rich, maybe. Oh, okay. Well, that's something I haven't looked into. Yeah, anyway, well, before this gets too off the off the rails, uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Oh, hey, Chase Elliott. Uh, you may have heard of him coming up on the 12 questions. Yes, it was a good one, right? This week. Well, how do you know? Because I asked you about it. You told me it was good. Oh, that's right. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Am I supposed to play dumb here? I mean, well, I, I thought you heard like our conversation or something. No, was, like, I was spied on us or something. No, I took a photo of you guys. You guys look yeah. you know, very intent, but you know. No, yes. Well, I thought it, you know, I thought it was uh, very chatty. He gave me a lot of time. He was good, good answers. And that's coming up on the 12 questions this week. Then you can hear that right here on the 12 questions podcast right here on the teardown feed as well. So check your feed back for that. Or if you're a s- subscriber to The Athletic, you can get it earlier than everybody else. So anyway, more to come. Please support our work on The Athletic. Again, it's theathletic.com slash the teardown to subscribe for the 50% off offer. 
Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time on The Terror.